MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. I'm chatting with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. Viv, appreciate the time today. Google launched their much-anticipated ChatGPT competitor, Gemini, last week. First off, the launch video, by all accounts, and in fact, I think Google's admitted it, was a hallucination, or perhaps more politely put, an outright lie. Yeah, it's, it's basically, if not a lie, then at least severely enhanced. So what they did was they shortened it, they the way it looked like when you watched that video yeah. was that this thing could see video. Like the, the AI could see a video. So they basically had a camera over a, a piece of paper and the guy was showing it things, drawing on the paper, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was giving answers which seemed to be in real time. Um, I mean, the closest thing I could uh, you know, say to this was like a Star Trek computer. Yeah. You know, how they acted exactly. It was. It looked amazing. And the thing that amazed me, I think I spoke to you about this as well the last time we talked, was the fact that this thing didn't come out um, so much better in terms of the testing than GPT-4 because the video looked like a, a quantum leap better than what uh, you know GPT-4 was. But when we looked at the little test results, it was beating it by like 91 versus 87 or like a couple percentage points here and there. It wasn't saying this was a totally different kind of machine, much, much better than uh, GPT-4. And so, and, and this wasn't even a GPT-4 as the current version. It was the like the first version of GPT-4 from like nine months ago. Mm-hmm. So it was weird just how the, the discrepancy between what we were seeing was and what the scores were. And then, it, yeah, like you said, it did come out that they were uh, basically showing it still images and saying it was actually video. They were basically cutting down the time between the responses and the question and a couple other things along the way that uh, give us an impression of what it could do that was beyond what the actual capabilities is currently. Yeah, so I mean, so Google's in the game now. They've got their, their Gemini. They, 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 of course, had Google Bard going. And i got to say, I always thought the GPT-4 was slightly better than Bard. They're in the game, but they're just in the game. They, they, to your point, they're not rushing ahead much as when uh, 3.5 came out in, in November last year, which was an absolute revolution. Yeah, look, I mean, Google's kind of weird. Google had DeepMind and he had Google Brain, which they've combined together at the moment. But the thing is that the technology on all all the stuff, the actual underlying basic science on which everything is based is from Google. Uh, Google was the like the first guys out there, but as we know with the computer, Xerox invented everything that Apple made famous. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Windows when they made the real money off it. In the end, you know, the same thing applies here. It could be that Google is the IBM or the Xerox of uh, the AI space, where they do the actual underlying technological changes. But because the problem that they have is that AI really, really uh, goes up against their primary source of revenue, which is search. Yeah, it totally cannibalizes their search uh, business, and so. Uh, like with Microsoft, with the the phone, like with uh, you know some other companies out that we've seen in the past, when you do have something that you invent that cannibalizes your current business, you're much more reluctant to use it. Whereas Microsoft basically doesn't have a search business except you now Bing. You can see what it was, but it's not really a the core part of Microsoft's uh, revenue stream. They were willing to experiment, and that may be giving them an advantage. But the amazing thing here is. Like I said, the scores that we're getting from Gemini aren't significantly better than from from GPT-4. And GPT-4 was trained back in September of 2021. It took about a year for them to be comfortable to release to the public, but it was like pretty much trained, you know, two years ago. Mm. So it's kind of disappointing that Google isn't like a huge quantum leap ahead of what GPT-4 is. And the second thing is that, I mean, Google DeepMind is doing some incredible things. So this kind of like damages the reputation, but they've come out with things recently like GNOME, like uh, TensorFlow, Mm. like... 
a new one recently, uh, I think something called Elemental, I can't remember the exact name. But for instance, the uh, Wither program stuff that they've done basically does the work of a billion dollar a year program that the US government is running on your personal computer and does it faster and better than the billion dollar program does. The US government has a supercomputer to run that gives you a result once every, like I think five or six hours mm-hmm. about the state of the US weather system. DeepMind came up with something that you could run on your home PC, a very high-end home PC, but something a person could buy, an individual could buy, not a billion dollar thing. And it gave you a result every couple of minutes, not every six hours. And yeah. the results were better, marginally better than what the government program was doing. There's yeah. also a new thing that they come out gnome, which is basically material science, where they've developed a thing that can predict stable crystal formations. Sounds very silly, sounds very like esoteric. But understand, material science is like one of those driving things. You invent a new material. Imagine you get a new kind of steel that's five times as strong or a new kind of copper that's basically more conductive. Mm-hmm. The effect it has on the world economy is insanely large. And it is releasing these things out of nowhere. We talked a while back about AlphaFold which revolutionizes yeah. medicine with the proteins. And so they're doing everything great except for the LLM stuff, which unfortunately is their core business. Yeah, and I take your point. It's innovators' dilemma, isn't it? They're scared because they, they don't want to lose their search because that's where they make their money. This does suggest to me that the winners into the next year are pretty much going to be the winners from this year. It's going to be NVIDIA. They've got their Grace Hopper 200 coming out. It's going to be Microsoft. I mean, even, heck, Meta has been putting out some AR products mostly into the, the open source market. Meta is doing a very different thing. I mean, if you listen to the guy that runs the Meta system, there's a guy called Jan LeCun. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a French guy, but he is there, is, there are two teams when it comes to AI. They are the doomers and mm-hmm. they are the accelerationists. Accelerations means the faster we get to AI, the better it is going to be because it's going to solve all our problems. Effectively, we are going to invent, you know, not to be like, you know, blasphemous or whatever, but a benevolent God. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's going to solve all our problems. No more climate change, no more disease, no more whatever. And the more we delay bringing this AI into being, the more people suffer, you know, in advance. The doomers believe that the moment we get, you know, super intelligent AI, there's like a 99% chance we all die. And I don't mean like, you know, <laughs> things go badly. I mean, they honestly believe that there's a virtual certainty that all of humanity dies, like literally like dinosaurs. And Yan Lukun is very, very much on the accelerationist side. And he's basically uh, the guy in charge of Meta. And so Meta has a very different policy, at least Meta's AI team. So Meta basically releases all his stuff to the public. Yeah. You can go out and download from a torrent. I think it's like 80-something gigs, but you can download from a torrent the meta AI system, not as good as GPT-4, no means, but it's free and it's available to the public. And people are using that as the basis for creating, you know, their own uh, models, their own uh, chatbots. And that is something that I think is a very interesting plan because we all know Microsoft won the, or IBM won the, uh, inverted commas, the PC wars because mm-hmm. they were open source. Everybody yeah. made IBM stuff. Apple was closed. And therefore, even though in some ways they were better at the start, Developers never use them because, you know, it, it costs too much. And therefore, Microsoft won. And it's possible that Facebook wins or Meta wins because they are the ones that are developing the programs that everybody's using because it's a free program. It's the one that's available to them. Yep. So it's going to get that mass adoption. We have there with Governor Rand Swiss. Always appreciate the insights. That's our poll today, LinkedIn and X. Have you been using any of these AI tools? I mean, maybe uh, a mid-journey, Dolly E, uh, ChatGPT, Bard, whichever they are. Let us know. Have your vote. Have your say, LinkedIn and X. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.